and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today is the first episode of season six, and in this season, we are going to be discussing the Ten Commandments. So today's focus is an introductory episode, and we hope to get you interested and excited about this topic and help you grow your understanding of the pertinence of the Ten Commandments. Yes. Excitement. That's what I always think of when I think of the Ten Commandments, don't you? (laughs) I'm growing at that. (laughs) Yes. It's an interesting and really pertinent topic. It is. So just a warning to you all. Normally, a season that we do with the quarter three strands is 10 seasons. And you'd think, you know, 10 commandments, that makes it perfect. Yeah. However. We're we're going rogue. We're going rogue. We're doing this introductory. So that means we have 11 in this season. So today we're going to do this introduction and then the the next podcast after that will will be one podcast per commandment. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, so I I think in in all honesty we should be excited about the 10 commandments and that's because I mean one of the most often quoted yet often misunderstood uh the you know Jesus talks about all the law and prophets are summed up as, uh, you know, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And, um, and, and, and so we understand that the 10 commandments are the, are, are, is the moral law. And it's, it's through the 10 commandments that we know how to love. Yes. So this should be exciting. They're important. They're important. Yeah. So if we really want to be loving people, we need to know what the commandments teach. Yeah. So, um, what we're going to do as good Presbyterians <laughs> is, uh, the way we're going to look at the 10 commandments is generally through the Westminster shorter catechism. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, the 10 commandments, um, are a summation of a moral law or of, of the moral laws that are further, um, expanded upon in, in scripture. Mm-hmm. So what, what you'll hear is, as we talk about each of these commandments, we'll, we'll hear, well, what's forbidden in the commandment? And also, what's, what is the positive thing that this commandment is teaching? Yeah. So it's, it's not just, you know, don't steal and, and think that you're, you know, you're some sort of righteous person because you're not taking something from someone else, mm-hmm. right? But we'll see that. In the commandment, don't steal, you have, so I have the, um, 
obligation to protect other people's property. Mm-hmm. Right. So an example of that would be it, in the old Testament, if you see your neighbor's ox wandering, wandering down the street, it's, it's not finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Right. You, Darn. Yeah. You, <laughs> you have an obligation to restore your person's property. And if someone's trying to take their property, you have an obligation to um, intervene, intervene yeah. to, to help protect your neighbor's property, mm-hmm. which is why um, Jesus quotes Leviticus that, that part of that, uh, the idea of the law is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So Jesus didn't make that up. <laughs> well, he, technically he did because he's God. All right. He is the logos of God. Okay, before the heresy uh, trials happened, I just need to clarify that. But it wasn't new. It wasn't, that's what you're saying. Yes. It wasn't yes. a new idea. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it, it's not. It's first time seeing it is not in the Gospels. It's in Leviticus 19. Yeah, right. Um, and, and so this has. So Jesus is quoting scripture mm-hmm. when he says to love God and to love your neighbor as this summation of those commandments. Mm-hmm. So, so it's good. So actually, just to bring it even further down. I, one of the reasons why we wanted to do the 10 commandments um, is that all societies are, have a, a moral basis to them. Mm-hmm. All of them do. And, um, and so if we're going to try to promote and create Christian culture, it, it would be a good thing for us to have a, a, a greater knowledge and, um, and, and, spread the word more and more about the, um, what, what Christian morality is. Yeah. Right. Yep. So that, that our, our thing is, so it's, it's, it's not even, it's not even just for us Christians, right? It's all civil laws, right? All civil laws are based on morality. And the question is, Who's? yeah, it's which morality mm-hmm. shall we base our civil law rather than, you know, should we or not? Should we or not? Right. Yeah. So, so when when you hear people talk about or complaining that Christians are trying to jam their morality down their throat or something to that effect, um, that's not exactly correct. In that we're not trying to jam morality down anyone's throat. Uh, this is Christians um, seeking to love our neighbor as ourselves. Correct. Because we believe that God has given just law, and it would be a loving thing to want all people to live under actual just law. Mm-hmm. If you look at the history of our world, um, as the gospel spread throughout the ancient world, um, you'll notice that as as nations, as kingdoms come to Christ, as the people embrace um, Jesus as Lord, as their king, at some point there'll be a king or a lawmaker who will seek to to um, make sure the laws of their kingdom are in accord with God's law. Mm-hmm. And, and often these people are given the title, the great, right? So Justinian does this with Roman law. Um, you have uh, Newt the great who does this for Danish law. You have Alfred the great who does this for Saxon law, right? So there's all these rulers who are, who are going, okay, here's the laws that our people have followed Let's compare them with scripture and make sure that our laws are following what God's laws say. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, when uh, the 
you know, English colonies, you know, colonists come to North America, we've inherited uh, what's often called British common law. But that British common law is based upon all these centuries of Christian rulers making sure that their laws are in conformity with scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is, this has been this weird thing. Cause you'll hear, you know, you know, where are the basis of our laws scripture? No, it's not. It's based on British common law. <clears throat> uh, where did we get British common law? It's, right. it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and so for, most of our history in the United States of America, our laws have been modeled on the morality found in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. The, 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 um, not only the morality of it, but also often the case law of Scripture has been applied mm-hmm. um, in it as well. Uh, now, as in the New Covenant, um, it's it's not necessary that uh, society is following the case law of uh, how do you want to put it? Um, we're you know we're our laws need to reflect God's moral law. The punishments might you might say in the the, the civil the civil laws in Scripture um, were for the state of Israel as a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they don't exist anymore. However, we can glean from that and see the justice of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many scholars look at when it gives, for instance, the death penalty for something. um, We know that the basis of the death penalty for murder, for instance, is grounded in something even before Mount Sinai. And so it ought to be if someone murders another person that they they have killed someone who is made in God's image. And their life should also be forfeited. Mm-hmm. That that comes from uh, Genesis uh, nine, I think it is, or ten, with uh, with Noah, mm-hmm. right? So long before the Ten Commandments were given, this is the root of it. It has to do with the image of God. Um, but there are other cases in which there's death penalties, and and so, uh, many scholars look at that as that what it's prescribing or what it's saying is not a prescription, like this must be done but it's giving a limit mm. like your, the punishment could include death. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, the problem in America is, is that since the 1960s, we've been actively trying to de-Christianize our laws. Right. Every single battle law wise seems to be trying to rid American law from its basis in scripture. Mm-hmm. So you, you might note that in scripture, there is no place for jail, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you've, you've done something. And so you're either exiled, you know, you, you can't live here anymore. Yep. You have to go somewhere else like for manslaughter. Yep. Right. So manslaughter is you've unintentionally killed someone. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's justice? You didn't do it on purpose. It was, but you, you bear some responsibility for the life of this other person. We're not going to execute you um, because there's no intention. It was mm-hmm. right. Um, so in the, the old Testament, then they had to run to a Levitical city and they had to live there until the high priest died and then they could live wherever. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's kind of, it's not jail. They're not confined to the cell. It's not a, they're just living their life just 
in a particular sanctuary city Mm -hmm. until a particular time. And then they could be restored. They're they're restored. Mm -hmm. Um, Stealing those types of things. It had to do with restoration. You, you were either killed as a punishment or you were restored. Yeah. And there was these, these ways in which were restored Mm -hmm. And the, the American judicial system has began to be, well, it's big business now, Mm -hmm. right? It, People make money for imprisoning people. Mm-hmm. People get to, you know, uh, Republicans, I always think this is a hard thing, is um, the, the way to get elected as a Republican, for instance, seems to be, um, oh, you think that, you know, it, we used to be tough on crime. I'll show you. <laughs> we'll be even tougher. Yeah. And we'll make the, the sentences even less biblical. Mm-hmm. Right. So that... <clears throat> You know, this is a hard thing. Like, where do you fit in as a Christian? Right. <laughs> you go, yeah, there needs to be actual, some sort of justice happening. Um, but, but typically what, what we see isn't really justice, mm-hmm. but we can't go the other way and go, well, because it's corrupt, we just shouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the, the re, re, what we need is a, a citizenry who is familiar with God's laws. Right. And, and then start adjusting our laws once again to, to reflect scripture because they are actually the just laws. Yeah. Right. Do you think, um, this is maybe getting to the weeds a little bit, but the idea. We of, would never do that, Allison. So do you think, um, uh, appropriate language could be that it's, it's important that a nation's laws submit under God's laws yes. as opposed, I mean, reflect is also a good word, but I feel like that gets more at the heart of what we're talking about. Like that yeah. the heart of the leaders and the people recognize that God's law is the best yeah. and we so submit ourselves under his law. Yeah. I think, okay. So this is going to be, that's kind of an eschatological question. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, as someone who's post-millennial, <laughs> just to, just to be blunt about it. Um, what I would see is that I, I can't say that, America is a Christian nation mm-hmm. at this moment in time, right? Correct. I, and, and so what needs to happen is uh, two things. One is in our civil life, Christians ought to be seeking to make our laws reflect so that we can have just laws, mm-hmm. like having them reflect scripture. Yes. Okay. At the same time, we're re-evangelizing our nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first place to re-evangelize is probably in our churches because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who go to church who don't know Jesus. Correct. Or they think they do. It's just a Jesus that has come across from pol- popular culture or a liberal Jesus or some Jesus that's not. An accurate <laughs> what representation of who What scripture is. tells us. Yeah. Um, and so we need to re-evangelize. Um, and, and as our nation actually becomes full of believers. Yes. There may be at that time in which we as a nation then uh, openly submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and then our laws are not merely reflective of them, but we might, we say that our laws are uh, subject mm-hmm. to, to him and to his, his law. Mm-hmm. And, and this can happen. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that uh, Poland and I think Hungary have both made that statement mm-hmm. that, that 
that their nation is under the lordship of Jesus. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. You saw that in the news, right? No. 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 2019, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. So in the year of our Lord, 2019, you have a nation in Europe saying, we submit ourselves to the lordship of Jesus. And, um, and so the only thing that I've seen on the news really has been some people um, on the BBC kind of being mad at them mm. because that means they're not going to go with the abortion and mm-hmm. homosexual agenda, LGBTQ. It's, it's they're, they're no, we're right. These are, we've historically been a Christian nation. We're, we're just resubmitting ourselves and, and being public about it and leave us alone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but this, 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 uh, plan you've described is really what we're after. Yeah. Through the podcast and through the Palestine Institute, just in general. Yeah. And, and the, the, the funny thing is, is as I've talked to non-Christians or it's, it's funny, even people who say they're Christians are very uncomfortable with this because it would make other people uncomfortable, I guess, is mm-hmm. that they forget that the idea is, is that if, if from a logical, I mean, just think of that logically, if the laws given in scripture are from God and God is just, these laws are just. They're what's best for everybody. They're what's best for everybody. Yes. God is, God is literally the creator of mankind. Yes. And he knows how we ought to operate. And as, and in his grace and mercy to us, yeah. he has given us his law yeah. that we can follow, we can live by, and it is the best. It's, it's just. I often think about it like going back to our factory settings. Yes. That yeah. might seem like really simple, but yeah, yeah. it's like. God made us, and so He knows what we need, yeah, and how to operate best, yep. and so obeying that is. And really, it would take a generation. Mm-hmm. Like just, I mean, th- th- think of think of the. It, it seems to be that all of our laws over the last sixty years are really wrapped around. We all ju- people just want to have sex outside of marriage, mm-hmm. With really, no con- really bad, without consequences. Without consequences. Yeah. In fact, we want to make marriage into something even different. That that it, it's. It's not even what it originally mm-hmm. was intended for, which was in a large part procreation. Mm-hmm. It's to have kids. And dominion taking. And dominion taking. Yeah. Instead, it's become a, a something to quote, fulfill us or whatever. A tax status. You know, and, and yeah. the reason why you would marry someone is, yeah, for that, for some benefit and for pleasure or um, being fulfilled or, mm-hmm. you know, the Tom Cruise line, you complete me. Mm-hmm. Right. What a choke. I'm just, I hope I didn't offend people there. But that's like, I mean, what that sounds like is, is that you're a half a person and in order to be a whole person, you need to be married. Mm-hmm. And that's not what scripture says. Mm-hmm. It's at all. So, but this is, this is the, um, but the, the idea is th- just think about this. If, if one commandment, if we just all followed one commandment in the United States of America, and that is um, thou shall not commit adultery. And the, the broader part of that means that that sex is reserved for a married husband and wife, man and woman, male and female. Do I have to explain that anymore? We more? do, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Just be, we're going to be clear. For the purposes of, of help and the task of dominion, of uh, sharing the fruits of that dominion and companionship, which is more than greater than friendship. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, uh, pro- procreation, having mm-hmm. kids. 
And if we just, if, if we just all overnight obeyed that one law, think about the statistics of, you know, the overwhelming majority of people in prison grew up in one, a one parent household, mm-hmm. right? People born out of wedlock, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the vast majority of poor people were born out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, the vast majority of uh, foster adoption born out of wedlock. Um, you know, the, uh, the chances of you being uh, on drugs, a drug addicted person is exponentially high. If you're mm-hmm. being from one, mm-hmm. one parent, right. In other words, um, the, 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 the difference that would make in our society, if the overwhelming majority of all children were being born in a two parent mother and father household mm-hmm. and they stayed married. Yep. It would, the, the social ills in our nation would disappear very rapidly. We wouldn't disappear totally, but cause there's all sorts of other sins, but, mm-hmm. but the effects of, of that would be dramatic. Yeah. The, the effects of all of those sins would yeah. be subdued. So when, when you talk about trying to jam morality down people's throats, it's like, Okay, no, this is what, this is the vision we're looking for. Right. A good one. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the question you might want to ask is, would it be better for people if they were having children only in wedlock? Mm-hmm. Would it be better for those children? Yes. Right. Would it be, right? So this is, this sounds actually very loving. Right. Would it mean that? adult human beings would have to be responsible and yes. Mm-hmm. Would it mean you have to sacrifice some of your, your lusts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing? Nope. It's not. Yeah. Although if you watch TV or something, it would appear that, you know, that would be the most worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Even just the month of June. Yeah. Is a it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating, yeah, lust. So in our lust. So Christians, so the Christians mm-hmm. have failed to see that civil law has always been based on morality. The question is, which morality shall we base civil law on? And we, of course, say it would be good to base it on a just civil uh, uh, moral law, which comes from Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian misapply that what our Lord teaches when He says that the law and prophets are summed up in. Loving the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. So, what? So one of the things is, and, and we we touched on it, is that people think we they hear that what we ju- I just read, and um and they think okay, what what Christians should be, what Jesus wants us to be is just to be loving people, mm-hmm. and then they ignore. How? How? Yeah. They ignore, they ignore everything that these things are teaching. Yes. And they, and they just, right. So love is love and you, right. Yes. If, if, if Jesus, Jesus would never do that. He would never condemn you. He would never. He would never tell you how to love no, someone. No, nope. he would never do that. So have you read the gospels people? <laughs> um, yeah. God, God, um, God created this world. He created us. He knows how we ought to operate. He knows what is good and just and holy. And, and he has given us laws to obey. And, and by doing that, that's how you love. Mm-hmm. 
and and it has been twisted around to say uh, we we can ignore all the morality part because all he wants us to do is love, mm-hmm. and then we just make up stuff, mm-hmm. and that's just wrong, 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 silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the other the final part on on this is this this other problem, and that is, uh, and it's a big one too. Is uh, Christians fail to to understand how and why they have a duty to God to obey His moral law, mm-hmm. which which is, are the Ten Commandments. And but by, by that I say is. Um, we, we do have a duty to follow these things, but it is not so that we can be saved. Right. Okay. Right. We, we all are sinners. So the, the, what the moral law of God will do is will show us our sin. Mm-hmm. Like you, you think you're loving your neighbor by allowing, you know, whatever sin going on as that somehow loving. No, you find out, no, that that's sin. And what you're doing is sin. And we need to repent, mm-hmm. right? So that's what the one of the things the moral law does is it points out our sin. We understand what is true, what is just, and that we're not that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to repent, right? There's a guy named Ray Comfort who does street evangelism. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen. Yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, so so he'll ask, "Are you are you a good person?" And everyone says yes, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever in in the video clips I've seen. I don't think he's I've ever seen him. Say something. Are you a good person? And they go, no. Nah. <laughs> they, they all go. They all go. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good person. And uh, and so, um, you know, Aristotle talks about this. Uh, just jump onto philosophy for a second. He says that every human action is based on some sort of good. So so by that, the the only reason we do things is because we think there's a good reason to do it, mm-hmm. or that there's some sort of good that we're pursuing. Mm-hmm. So it makes it very easy for us to think we're good people. Mm-hmm. What we need is the law that tells us, no, this is, this is wrong. Right. So Ray Comfort will to ask the good person, so you're a good person. Do, have you ever told a lie? And they'll say, yeah. And it goes, well, what do you call someone who lies? And they'll go, a liar. Okay. Have you ever stole anything? You know, cheated or, did, yeah. What do, you, what do you call someone who steals, right? Mm-hmm. A thief. Okay, so you've just admitted that you're a liar and a thief. Are liars and thieves good people, right? And he just mm-hmm. kind of goes on. So, so we can think of ourselves as good people, but when we see, when we're confronted with the law, we understand we're sinners mm-hmm. and we're in need of a savior. Yep. Okay. So, so one of the uses of the law is to to do that and to to show us. But but when we become a Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. When we have been saved by the grace of God alone, through faith alone, we are now in a new position with God. And I'm going to use a familial one. Mm-hmm. Okay. The familial one is, is that um, I've been adopted into God's family. Mm-hmm. So I'm now a son of God. And my father has certain expectations of me as a son. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is please my father. So the, the moral law is there for me to live by because that's going to be what will please my father. Mm-hmm. Not so that I can become his son, but because I am his son. Right. Right. Yep. So as sons and daughters of God, we have a duty to obey his commands. And so we do not to achieve some sort of status with him. Mm-hmm. But because that's what we do. Right. Because of the status, not in order to achieve or gain. The status. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, so there's, so that could be a misunderstanding. Yeah. 
when we're following the Ten Commandments, when we're following the moral law of God, we're not doing it in order to be saved. Mm -hmm. We do it because we are saved. Right. It's the Heidelberg Catechism, which is another great catechism. Uh, The one we're going to be using is the Westminster. But the Heidelberg is great. You know, Luther's small catechism is great. There's all sorts of great catechisms. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Heidelberg Catechism puts the, the, the moral law, the Ten Commandments, in a section called gratitude. And I, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's primary purpose in the Heidelberg catechism is not necessarily that it's pointing out sin. Mm-hmm. It's that these are the, this is what we do as a response of gratitude mm-hmm. is we obey the commandment. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Heidelberg has that right. right. Yeah. You know, it's just, a, it's, it's a beautiful. great, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this duty and we're going to, we're going to go and look at the first three questions in the Westminster catechism. Yep. A short catechism. And then we're going to jump to question 39, which talks about duty. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and I think that would be a good thing. So Allison, why don't you ask the questions and I'll answer them. Okay. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you've, I think we've said this on this podcast multiple times Yeah. yeah over the, the past several seasons. Yep. Yeah. To glorify and to enjoy him forever. So next question. Okay. What rule hath God given to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? The word of God, which is contained in the scriptures, of the old and new testaments is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him. In other words, if you just gave that, oh, here's the chief end. This is the purpose of human beings is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we just go, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go do that and just guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not going to work. Right. So God has given us what's needed, right? And Mm -hmm. that's that's the scripture. Yep. So question three. What do the scriptures principally teach? All right. The scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God's retirement. Requires of man. Mm-hmm. So those are the principal, the two principal things God teaches in the scripture is what we're to believe about him and what duty we have to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So most of the things that we talk about um, when it comes to, um, I don't know, uh, church services and theology, most of the time we're talking about what we're supposed to believe about. God, like, yeah. like who is God? Well, he's one God, three persons. Okay. How do you define that? How do you talk about that? Right. Who's, who is Jesus? Well, he's both God and man. Well, how does that work? Does he have a human nature or a divine nature? Oh, he has two natures, but they're in a hypostatic union. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? I love theology. Cause you get to, you get to come up with words to describe things that are almost indescribable, mm-hmm. a hypostatic union. Cool. So. Does, does that mean he's has two wills? Well, kind of, yes, he has two wills. They're, they're not mixed together. They're not they're there's, but they're in union together. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That explains a lot. And it's, it's cool. So, so a lot of theology talks about that, but then there's this other part to scripture and that is the duties that he has. So we're going to skip to 39. So questions four to 38 are talking mainly about what we're to believe concerning God. And then we get to question 39. Yep. Which says, what is the duty which God requireth of man? 
The duty which God requireth of man is obedience to his revealed will. Question 40. What did God at first reveal to man for the rule of his obedience? The rule which God at first revealed to man for his obedience was the moral law. And then 41. Wherein is the moral law summarily comprehended? Yeah, the moral law is summarily comprehended in the Ten Commandments. Okay. So so there we have, like, so what's the duty that we have? Well, the, the big duty is, one of the big duties here is, is the, um, is to follow his moral law. The moral law is an obedience to that. And that moral law is summarily comprehended in the 10 commandments. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the sum of, of all God's moral law, you can say is uh, found in the 10 commandments. And it could be also summed into loving God with, with all that you are and loving your neighbors yourself. Yep. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of there. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the, um, those 10 commandments and how, and, and kind of expand on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if you look at, um, uh, yeah, if you look at back to, to um, why this is so needed is if you look back to the garden of Eden mm-hmm. and we've talked about this in previous shows is that, that when God made us, there was no sin. He, he put in the garden in the midst of it, the tree of knowledge, good and evil and the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And, and what this did was it, it gave, man the ability to worship because the worship is generally looking at he, he sees the tree of knowledge of good and evil he remembers the word of god which says do not eat or you'll surely die mm-hmm. and so in faith he believes right and obeys and doesn't doesn't take but then in gratitude he is able to take of the tree of life communing with god forever mm-hmm. and, and it's the same today now with sin you kind of have to get your sin dealt with there's So there's a confession of sin, which gives you the ability to hear God's word, uh, usually read and then preached. And then you respond in faith and then you take and eat of the Lord's supper, communion with the Lord forever. Mm-hmm. Right. So same pattern, same, same everything. Um, so the, the, the desire for moral autonomy was the sin. Yeah. Right. If I, if I eat of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil, I can be like God deciding for myself what is good and evil. Mm-hmm. Right. And the problem has been in, in the United States in particular is that um, this, this desire for moral autonomy has trumped Christian faith. Yeah. Right. More and more people are more interested in having their own moral autonomy, pursuing their own happiness on their own terms and wanting everyone else to support them. Right. And celebrate it. Yep. Right. Um, rather than going, I need to go back to know what God's word is. Right. And, and so he has given us the 10 commandments mm-hmm. as a way of knowing what morality is. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he expands on that throughout scripture. So when we look at, um, in the commandments, um, you'll see that there's, uh, again, there's the, there's the forbidden parts to it. And then there's the positive aspects to it. Mm-hmm. And so, then you'll understand why it says it's summarily comprehended in the 10 commandments. Yeah. It's, it's much bigger. Yeah. Okay. So next time we will be talking about the first commandment. Yeah. All right. It's going to be good. It, it should be. Yeah. We'll see you then. 